The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, the topic for this program, of course, is the Eightfold Path. We could call it um, our life. <laughs> um, I'd like to talk a little bit about what what this is. What does that mean when we say the Eightfold Path? So, as suggested, there are eight steps or folds or components um, to this path, to this idea. And just to name them, they are right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. And maybe the first thing to say is about the word right. (laughs) So some people immediately think right and wrong. How am I going to get it right? Um, I never liked all this right and wrong in church when I was younger, whatever. So uh, let's uh, be careful with that word. Some people prefer a different word. Um, It's also possible to say wise, for example, wise view, wise intention. Um, That maybe implies a little bit more toward how it functions. Uh, People can also be daunted by the word wise. Well, I'm not very wise. (laughs) Or or maybe they see wisdom as something they're going to get and hold on to, um, which is also not really how it's seen. So... um, Myself, I actually do use the word right, but I, I put a, um, an extra understanding on that, from, uh, which is that right is intended to be right in the sense of appropriate. Uh, Gill will describe it as the way that you use the right tool. If you're trying to pound in a nail, the right tool is a hammer. Uh, the right tool is not, I don't know, a teacup. So, right. <laughs> this is this is the right implied in these um, in these steps of the path. So, we can have um, some confidence that people have done this path for a long time. And the reason we have these teachings is that people have walked the path and continued to do so and shared the fruits from that continually since the Buddha. And it's continuing right here in this room. All of you are doing that. And so over time, it's been crowdsourced to uh, know (laughs) what this right is. So don't worry too much about that word. What I'd like to point out is that now is that these components of the path touch so many areas of life, right? There's everything from the way we look at things, the way we act in the world, how we practice our spiritual life. This is a multidimensional approach that eventually is going to touch all aspects of your life. Even if you start in one area and 
you know, don't see how it applies. Don't worry about it. Um, just know that something is offered for every area of your life that you have concern in or that is going to come up for you in your spiritual life. So this is a holistic kind of path. I find that very inspirational. Another quality of a path is that it goes somewhere. So... um, the Eightfold Path does have a purpose. And uh, Buddha explains that the purpose is to transform our hearts so that we can find the end of suffering. And we'll be exploring more what these sort of loftier, more abstract-sounding ideas mean because they're, they're not really so abstract. Um, The path is intended to be very practical, very down-to-earth. But it's helpful to know when you embark upon it or when you engage with it in some way, it's helpful to know that it has this very broad-reaching, very profound purpose. It's to find a solution to our suffering, our dissatisfaction, our unhappiness, however it's manifesting for you that there is this offered as a means to work with that, to work with whatever it is in your life all the way to the end of suffering. The steps of the path are offered in this order that I said them, but they that doesn't mean that you have to start, and we're going to do that in this course, of course, one through eight. You have to do them in some order, right? Um, but I hope that won't imply to you that you start with number one, and when you're done with that, you can do number two, sort of graduate. It's not, it doesn't go like that. <laughs> um, you'll find that out soon enough. It's... Um, Really, these steps carry each other along. They're mutually dependent. Uh, They don't go in order, necessarily. You may be starting, you may need to start right out with one of the ones in the middle. That's where you are. Uh, But they're all mutually supportive, also. So whatever it is that you're working with, you can be confident that all eight are being developed in some way. You may just be emphasizing one at a particular time. And so to offer some structure, we're going to go through them one by one, and you'll see how they're reflected in your life piece by piece. But just know also that um, the process is much more nonlinear than that. And that's fine. That's how it's supposed to go. So eight components is a lot. It can sound like a lot. It's, I don't know, I read somewhere that easy numbers for the human mind to remember are like five and seven things. So I don't think eight was on that list. So if you don't remember them all immediately, that's fine. But it can be helpful to, um, to know that they're actually part of a set of three components. The path can be broken into three different aspects. And the first is called the wisdom components, and that's right view and right intention, the first two. 
And the next three, right speech, right action, right livelihood, are part of ethical conduct. And then the final three, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration, are part of um, meditative development or meditation. And there are these three kind of sub-areas of the path. And they work on kind of different parts of our mind and heart and life. So I'd like to offer just a, from that perspective a little bit of an overview of, of the eight components of the path. So it's interesting, isn't it, that it starts with wisdom? Because <laughs> most, at least when I came to the path, I, I knew I didn't have that much wisdom. And yet at the beginning, we have right view and right intention, which are said to be the wisdom components. They're about our, our understanding. You know, how, how are we relating to our life? How are we viewing our life? How are we approaching our life? These kinds of things. And if you are a little bit concerned that you don't have that wisdom yet, don't worry, because the path goes cyclically. You'll get another chance later. Um, but you do start with some, uh, some kind of wisdom that is often expressed as there has to be another way. <laughs> so you've lived your life up to now. You're here. Um, you made it into this room. Um, but there may be some feeling that it's not working in some way or that it could be working better or that there's something else. And that question, that little bit of doubt, healthy doubt, is an aspect of wisdom, actually. So congratulations. (laughs) Um, There are a lot of people who aren't in this room this morning, right? A lot more than who are. And so there's something, there's something that brought you here. And we're going to honor that. And it's great that you're honoring that. So, so wisdom, you start with a little bit and it grows, it'll develop. And then, in the middle of the path, sort of after you realize that there's another way, the next section of the path that's offered is the ethical conduct part. Right speech, right action, right livelihood. So this has very much to do with how we are in the world, how we are in relationships, and of course also how we behave and how we are with ourselves. That shouldn't be left out. And there are some guidelines that are offered that we'll go through when we get to these steps about suggestions for how to live in a way that is more harmonious more connected. It feels more comfortable, frankly. (laughs) Um, Generally, it's not comfortable if you're lying frequently in the way you go about your life. And maybe we're not, um, you know, grossly taking life, stealing, slandering madly everywhere. We can maybe say that right off the top. But there may be some things that we're not quite comfortable with in the way that we're living. And 
Um, there's a way to work with these. This is offered. One of the first things that I found when I came to the path was that there were aspects of my life that I was carrying onto the cushion <laughs> that I would think about a lot. Um, things that I had said or done or ways that I was. Um, and these were, in a way, my heart uh, asking for a little bit of attention to be paid to this area. And what a, you know, what a joy and what a relief to say yes to that and start working with that. So there's really a, a, and it goes deeper and deeper, right? Because we also have our thoughts about ourselves. You know, we, we may be fine in our relationships externally, but we're still internally berating ourselves for certain things. Or we're, that voice that we use um, that sort of chatters at us all day, given the comment of what's going on, what's the tone of that voice? Is it a little harsh, a little judgmental, a little driven? So we can start to work internally also. The ethical dimension goes very deep. I hope it's not just thought of as something that we get through at some point, we clean ourselves up or whatever, and then we're done. It goes very deep. All these steps keep keep going. And then... The inner development is actually really addressed in more detail in the later sections of the path. So the ones that are called right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration, the meditative development portion. Um, There's a reason why that is put at the end. It's not necessarily what you might think at first, you know, that this is the highest achievement that we get to a long time from now when we're perfect. No, <laughs> we can sit any time. Um, and, however, it comes after the ethical conduct because you'll find it's a lot easier to sit when that part is being addressed. I mean, that, that's just what I was describing. You sit down, you think about all those things, what I did, what I should do, what I didn't do, what I ought to do. Um, Working on that, on the prior steps of the path, prepares the mind for sitting more quietly. So if that is an interest, to become calm and learn more about how the mind works, it helps to have some of those, uh, the ethical parts under a little bit more conscious effort so that we can let them go more easily in sitting so that explains a little bit about the order of the path. But these, these other steps of the path, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration, happen off the cushion also. So right effort is about how we apply our energy. We're applying our energy anytime we're awake, <laughs> and even sometimes when we're asleep too, <laughs> right? Those active dreams that we have. So... Um, <laughs> This path even offers suggestions for how to use our energy. And we can use it, for example, to direct our attention, as we did at the very beginning of the guided meditation. 
very powerful to start to use our energy in ways that are helpful, that are supportive for moving farther along the path. And it helps to develop a mind that is attentive, aware of what's going on, mindfulness. And to have some ability to collect. Not necessarily to have a laser focus to the exclusion of everything else. The word concentration can be problematic. We'll talk about that when we get there. But if we think of, instead of collectedness, how often are we scattered, forgetful, running around, feeling like our energy is going in a lot of different directions? And then the relief of when we're just doing one thing, directed mindfully toward one activity. It's such a relief in a way. And so this is valued also on the path. And we may find that as we collect the mind and bring attention to how it functions, that we may start to see things. Oh, a pattern I hadn't known was operating. An emotion I hadn't realized was underlying so much of my experience. Gil says that people often come to him and say, I had no idea that fear was so pervasive in my experience all the time. So we start to have insights as we walk this path. We begin to have insights about how our mind works, how our life is working, the choices we've made, what causes us to feel happy and relaxed and what causes us to feel agitated. And we can make a better choice. And so... The meditative development steps lead back where? To step one, to wisdom. We change our view. We see things differently because we've practiced. And it starts again. This is a holistic, iterative path that spirals deeper and deeper. And wherever we are on it and whatever we're doing with it, it's a beautiful thing inspirational, helpful to ourselves and others. And it's not separate from the nitty-gritty details of our life. It is the details of our life. How we approach them, how we're living, our unique life is the expression of the path, if we make it that. Some people find it helpful and supportive just to know that there is a path. (laughs) That's certainly true for me. It's like, ah, whatever's coming up, there's a way to work with it. There's a way. There's always a way. One of the folds or more is going to be relevant. So it's always helpful to be acquainted with them. So I'm excited and inspired that there's so many people sitting here with an interest in this. You want to see what it's like, what it looks like for me, how it's going to manifest, how I can work with it. To have a path. What a fortunate thing. So, looking forward to the exploration. Thank you.
Um, so now we're going to break out into groups, and I will give you a few questions, and you can discuss them amongst yourselves. Um, but what I would like to kind of emphasize is not only what we're doing here, but kind of how we're doing it. And something that came to me while I was listening to Kim explain the Eightfold Path so beautifully was that all those components um, were giving us all an opportunity to kind of explore and practice during these sessions. So the wisdom components, we hope, will become more clear with the teachings and how our minds work, looking at how our minds work. Um, the... Um, I guess the body or the behavior components or the ethical components that Kim talked about um, are great. It's a great chance to practice that right now as we break out into groups. Um, how we move, how we talk, um, what's motivating us to say what we say, um, how we relate to each other. So um, hopefully this will be a chance to practice engaging with each other and ourselves in a different way, in a maybe more thoughtful way, in a way that we usually are too busy to, to take notice of. Um, um, and the last components, you know, we hope we get a chance to practice because we'll offer one or two sessions of meditation to practice um, um, a deeper deeper kind of concentration, mindfulness, and effort guided. But we can apply all those aspects of the path also as to see how we get up, how we're looking around the room to see who we want to talk with and who we don't. <laughs> uh, um, uh, can we, uh, you know, be a little bit more at ease with ourselves um, with that and be okay with whatever we may see? So... Um, so now, let's see, um, breaking into groups of five or six. Um, let's try five. That makes it a little bit easier to find groups of five. Um, so uh, please, <laughs> now you can just uh, look around and see what's easier for you to break into groups of five. <clears throat> and if you can't find a group, just... Okay, so that was quite a lively engagement. <laughs> I could feel the energy shift in the room. Um, so now, um, I would say, um, take a moment. Hopefully you guys have introduced yourselves, but if you haven't, maybe just say your name before you speak. <clears throat> maybe picking a uh, direction or an order is the easiest way to do this. So we'll take a few minutes, maybe three or four minutes for each person to um, answer this question. What interests you about the Eightfold Path? 
So, I mean, this is the first session. You don't have to dig so deep and talk about all your the deep, deep intentions. Speak what's in your heart and your mind, what feels comfortable and appropriate for you. Um, and uh, maybe we can try and keep, because you got the groups are very close to each other, um, speak in a tone so that um, we respect the, each other's groups, the privacy, so <laughs> as much as we can do that. Um, I'm not going to ring the bell after three or four minutes. I hope you guys can um, keep the time. I'll ring the bell after about 15, 20 minutes, okay? So take a moment, really, you know, if you don't need to speak right away, you can think about it. Um, and also maybe take some time. This is also a really good exercise in listening rather than think about what you have to say. Um, a lot of this practice is about deeper listening, listening to ourselves, listening to what's going on in our minds, our hearts, and our bodies. And now we get a chance to practice listening to the person sitting next to you. <laughs> okay, great. Go ahead. 